You're listening to Fallen for Stories, an independent podcast bringing unheard, original literary works and sounds to your headphones. This week we're bringing you a two-parter. Do you remember our friend Robbie from episode two? Does pool party rainy bells? We'll be taking you back to that same scene, the moment where Robbie found himself traveling through the air toward the ground in the slowest of slow-mos. Our first story today is titled Climbing for the Girl by Josh Ackerman. The pool party crowd cheered as little Robbie jumped off the mansion roof towards the pool. Katie Hammond stood in the crowd below. She watched him drop. Her mouth stretched wide as she became overwhelmed with feelings of shock and awe. It was as if she couldn't do anything, not even breathe, as she witnessed him fall. Her limbs went stiff and her feet anchored themselves to the ground. Robbie had misjudged the distance between the roof and the pool. He was flying face first towards the concrete patio. During his descent, he saw glimpses of his life flash before him. His life review all started with his first kiss. He was a young boy again, lying in the crispy brown grass of his backyard. He was listening to the kids laugh in the neighboring yard, wishing they had invited him to play on their trampoline with them. He ignored their throes of laughter as he gazed at the blue sky permeated with shifting white clouds. His little body shivered. It glistened with sweat as he imagined soaring up to those clouds at a breakneck speed, stopping the moment that he touched them. Then, as he looked down at the vast expanse of empty sky under his feet, the earth below would pull him into a steep drop. He hyperventilated as he pictured it. He closed his eyes and took deep, slow breaths, like his dad had taught him. And he calmed himself down. He heard a thump of someone landing on the grass behind his head. He sprung up into the sitting position, twisting around. He saw a girl, about his age. She had jumped the fence. She stared down at him with her eyes the color of the clear blue sky. He shivered again, then quickly shook it off. Twisting himself around, facing her, he crunched the patch of dry grass beneath him. He stared at her across the yard. He said, My name's Robbie. What's yours? She rolled her eyes and she scoffed. She said, Jessica. She shifted her gaze over to the Douglas fir tree standing above them, gawking at it. The neighborhood was cluttered with these fir trees, but the boy's backyard had the tallest standing tree. He had only ever trepidatiously watched as his dad climbed it whenever its branches needed trimming. Jessica stared at young Robbie for a few seconds, observing his jittery movements. She took a step towards him. He crawled backwards an inch, and she giggled. She stopped at a standstill. He kept her eyes on him as she asked, Have you ever climbed your tree? She slowly walked towards him. He said, All the time. Lying. His mom always told him telling lies would give him canker sores, and she would find out if he was fibbing by looking inside his mouth. He smiled wide enough to show his gums, but he shivered when she mentioned the climbing the tree. She tilted her head, then she sprinted at him, quickly closing the gap between them. Standing over him, she said, You look scared. I'm not scared, he said. She crouched so they were at eye level. She said, Climb the tree then. He avoided eye contact, saying, 
I do that all the time. It's boring now. He asked, what's in it for me? A small smile stretched her lips. I'll do this thing I saw my dad do to my mom. He cleared his throat then said, what is it? I'll tell you if you can catch me, she said. She leapt over him, then she sprinted over to the Douglas fir tree. She jumped into it, and she scaled it like a monkey would. The branches shook as she made her way through them. They stopped rustling when she made it halfway up the Douglas fir. Robbie spent most of his time cloud-gazing, alone, after the neighbors stopped showing up at his door to ask if he wanted to jump on their trampoline together. Jessica was the first kid who had talked to him in weeks. He ran after her, stopping at the base of the Douglas fir, then he looked up. He peered through the maze of branches above him that separated Jessica and himself. She was sitting on a high-up branch, dangling her tiny legs off of it. She grinned at him from above. He could see a gap in her smile where she was missing her two front teeth. From a neck-breaking height, she called down to him, If you climb up here, I'll do that thing I promised. As an eight-year-old boy without an aversion to cooties, this deal encouraged Robbie to reach for that first branch. He caught a glimpse of the open sky surrounding the tree, and he pulled away. He muttered, It's probably stupid anyways. Jessica grinned at him from above and said, Is it? Why can't we just play down here? She shifted on the branch far up in the tree. She said, I can't hear you. You'll have to come up here if you want to talk. He gawked at her perched on that branch. His lips parted in admiration of her bravery. Jessica said, Are you coming or what? She bent over the side of the branch, shaking it. A few droplets of amber sap landed on Robbie. A bitter taste exploded across his tongue. He spat, ridding himself of the flavor. He heard her giggle at his disgust, and his heartbeat fluttered. So he spat again, dramatically this time. She kept giggling. So he kept walking around blowing raspberries, pretending to rid himself of the bitter sap taste that had long left his tongue. Her giggling stopped. She violently shook her spot in the tree, making more droplets fall. He shut his eyes and the sap dripped down onto his forehead like rain. He kept his eyes shut as he wiped away the sticky droplets with his sleeve, carefully smearing it away from his eyes. He had been hurt by it before when he had watched his dad climb the same tree. Jessica groaned as she called out to him. Hurry up, she said. You're getting boring. Young Robbie grabbed the branch hanging above him and he slowly pulled himself up, struggling to lift his body weight with his feeble muscles. She shouted down to him. Come on, wimp, climb faster. She puckered her lips, making kissy faces. Climbing towards her, a branch cracked under him. He clung to the tree like a cat hanging on to its mother. Then he pulled himself up again as the branch snapped off from beneath his feet, leaving him dangling in the air. Images rushed into his head of him falling, hitting the ground, shattering all the bones in his legs. He shook it off. Above him, Jessica swayed on her branch and started singing, Jessica and Wimpy Boy sitting in a tree. He scaled a few more branches, lifting himself a few more feet from the ground, covered in fir needles and tree cones. Jessica bounced as she sat on the tree's limb high above the ground, kicking her feet, bending the branch as she did. She sang, they're climbing up a tree. Then she said, but wait, they aren't kissing because he's a WIMP. Robbie's foot slipped as he climbed up toward her, now within reaching distance of her tiny training shoe. She flipped upside down, hanging above him like they were only playing on a small set of monkey bars. 
She smooched the air between them. She said, Come on, wimpy boy. Plant one on me already. Rising up to her level, Robbie steadied himself on the tree limb she was hanging off of. It swayed and she giggled. She lowered herself until her tangled hair gently tickled his face. It smelled of earthy dirt tones and blooming flowers. It softly whipped him across the cheeks, covering his line of sight, like he were venturing through a meadow of tall grass. Their faces inched close together as they shared the space within her bushy long hair. Her gap-toothed smile bounced within his kissing distance. He felt her hot, sweet breath on his face. It graced him with a calming, warm sensation that spread throughout his entire body. His feelings of fear and loneliness melted away. Then she laughed, saying, Don't look down. He did. The vast space of air between him and the ground brushed through his clothes in a slight breeze. The hard earth below, scattered in sharp tree cones, looked like it was quickly shrinking away from him. He could feel his little body break out in a chill sweat. He glanced back at Jessica's smile, and a drip of sap landed in his eye. It stung. He swatted at the goo, burning his eyeball. Then he fell. He slammed into a branch while another one scraped his leg. He was quickly pulled through the air. He hit another branch and gravity forced him to twist around it. Then he smacked into the ground. It knocked all the breath out of him, much like being punched in the gut. Flat on his back, he gasped for another breath to fill his collapsing lungs as he watched Jessica gracefully descend from the tree. She landed next to him with both feet on either side of him. She dipped over him, her face closing in on his again. Then she planted her tiny wet lips on his. His muscles relaxed for a second, which seemed to stretch into what felt like eternity. He forgot all the negative feelings that shook his body to the core, and his cramping muscles sank into the ground. But only for a moment before the dull soreness of hitting the hard-packed earth returned to him. It throbbed inside his guts and made him squirm in the dirt, sucking at air. Jessica stood over him like an immortal giant glaring at a tiny human, and she said, I told you it'd be worth the climb. After that, she walked away, and he was left alone again. This was the first memory that flashed through Robbie's imagination as he fell off the mansion roof. Floating past the first window on his way down towards the pool, he anticipated either hitting the hard concrete or the glowing pool water, and he clenched his butthole, hoping it would be the latter. seriously stressful when you've not only slipped off the roof of a house and started having flashbacks, but you've also begun feeling mid-air butt tension. Now, <laughs> let's pick up where we left off. This next story is titled Beer Run by Josh Ackerman. When a person falls towards what seems like their death, their life might flash before their eyes. But depending on how long the drop is, they probably won't have enough time to watch the whole movie of their life. 
Little Robbie had learned this the hard way the second he leapt off the roof of a mansion at a college pool party. He had aimed for the water below, but he had miscalculated. Physics wasn't his major. He had jumped to impress Katie Hammond, and as he soared towards the concrete patio, catching a glimpse of her watching him, he felt the warm flush of embarrassment shoot through him. Katie gawked at him from where she stood amongst the party crowd. The surprised look people get when they watch someone about to die sank into her face. Flying past the third-story window, Robbie saw a quick glimpse into it, a snapshot of people French kissing. A memory pulled him back through time to the first time he had heard what a French kiss was. When he was 13 years old, he was talking to a ninth-grade girl in the parking lot of a strip mall. She said, I'll show you what French kissing is if you do something for me. He said, just tell me. It's kissing with tongues. He had always seen this tall ninth grader wandering the halls at school. She would walk around with a group of boys hot at her heels. They called her Joe for short. Joe hunched over little Robbie, bending over with her hands on her knees, meeting him face to face. She pointed at one of the strip mall shops as she whispered, See that liquor store over there? It was a little place that looked like a one-stop shop, and it had the word beer glowing in blue neon lighting in its window. Joe leaned over him with the front of her shirt hanging open, showing off her cleavage to Robbie. She spoke down to him. If you help me lift a six-pack from their freezer, I'll make out with you. She winked. I might even let you go to second base. Joe grinned at little Robbie as he stared at her exposed cleavage. He looked up, and from then on, he kept his eyes on hers. She smiled, then said, So, are you going to grab me that beer? He smirked at her like a boy looking at a classroom window who catches a glimpse of a school's ladies' soccer team jogging by. Joe strutted towards the liquor store, saying, Pretend you need to go to the bathroom. I'll distract the guy at the counter. She sauntered towards the door, grabbing its handle. She held it shut. Walk towards the back, she said to Robbie. Grab the beer from the middle row of the freezer, not the bottom row crap. Then her voice lilted. Just casually walk out with it tucked under your shirt. Her glare turned hard. Don't wait for me. She opened the door and a burst of cold air from the AC hit them. It blew away the radiating heat coming off their bodies from standing around in the parking lot baking in the sun. The store clerk leaned on the counter at the front of the shop, hunching over a horror movie magazine. He looked up as the teens entered the liquor store. Before the clerk could speak, Joe said, I know, I know, we're not supposed to be in here. She raised her hands in surrender. But I found this little kid wandering around, lost. He needs a washroom. Robbie's body froze as stiff as taffy under the store clerk's glare. Joe nudged Robbie towards the bathroom. It was next to the beer freezers. She said, he can't find his mother. Robbie pushed back against her, pressing him in the direction of the beer. His shoes squeaked as they rubbed against the linoleum. So she shoved him and he stumbled towards the freezer. She scoffed as she said, he was almost peeing himself crying for his mom. Blood rushed into Robbie's cheeks. He felt like he was living inside that nightmare where you show up to school naked and everyone laughs. The store clerk looked at Joe through his bloodshot eyes. He slowly said, You can't be in here. Please, she said. 
He'll be real quick. She went over to the counter and leaned on it as she looked up at him, fluttering her eyelashes. He rolled his eyes. Be quick, he said. He tossed Robbie the bathroom key, then he returned to his magazine. She gave Robbie a wide-eyed nod. Then she blocked the view the clerk had of him with her body. She silently read the magazine with him, then whispered, Have you ever been held at gunpoint? He chuckled, not taking his eyes off his reading material. He asked, How old are you? She said, 18. Robbie walked amongst the shelves filled with bottles that glittered like stained glass windows in a cathedral. He was too short to be seen walking towards the beer freezer. The store clerk looked up from his magazine. 18, he said, squinted at her, then smiled. He said, I've had a gun in my face a couple of times. It can be dangerous hanging around some of these characters who come out at night to buy their booze. Wow, Joe said. Robbie stepped in front of the fridge at the back, slowly opening one of its doors. It made a loud sucking sound like a person taking in air before they dive underwater. The store clerk yelled, Hey, you! He pushed himself up on the counter, peeking over the shelves at Robbie standing by the freezer. Robbie saw he had been caught. He started hyperventilating. The store clerk shouted, What the hell? He slid over the counter and charged towards the only exit in the store. Robbie snatched a six-pack from the bottom shelf, shoved it under his shirt, and he ran through the aisles in the direction of the door. The clerk grabbed him with a strong grip, squeezing his little arm. Robbie squirmed and jerked around inside the hold the clerk had on him. The clerk grinned as he had stopped a shoplifter. Robbie leaned away with all his weight and slipped free. The clerk caught the end of his sleeve. Robbie swung the door open. He pulled with one strong tug, and his sleeve tore right off, his arm sliding through it. The clerk fell backwards into a rack of comic books right on his butt, and Robbie broke into a sprint through the pounding heat across the asphalt of the parking lot. He could hear someone jog up from behind him, twisting around in fear he had been caught again. He saw the ninth grader, Joe, running with him. A carton of cigarettes was tucked under her arm like he would carry a football. She shouted over her shoulder, Have a nice day! The clerk yelled after them, Wait, you stupid kids! Robbie and Joe ducked behind a row of cars. They breathed fast but quiet as they hunkered out of sight, huddled together. They watched the clerk run out of the store after them, wheezing and coughing like a broken vacuum. The teens stifled their giggling into their palms. The clerk hacked into his sleeve. Robbie showed Joe a peek of the shiny cans tucked under his shirt. They grinned at each other like old friends would. Then they went back to the staring at the clerk who was now sparking a joint. An old woman walked past the clerk. She hobbled a wide berth around his billowing smoke cloud, hugging her purse tight. The store clerk rolled his eyes, sighed, then opened the shop's door for her. He looked around for the teens one last time. Stubbing his joint, shaking his head, he followed the old woman to the liquor store. Robbie clutched the cold beer to his chest, swelling red after his short sprint. It cooled him down. He cleared his throat and he asked Joe, Can we kiss with our tongues now? She took the six-pack of beer from him, putting down her stolen cigarette carton. Tearing a beer off one of the plastic rings, she said, Fat chance I'm kissing an eighth grader. She looked at the label on the beer cans. 
You got this from the bottom shelf? She tossed Robbie a beer, then walked away with the rest of the six-pack along with her cigarette carton, not giving him a second glance. He sat next to the parked car, gripping his cold beer, and noticed in his other hand he was still clutching the bathroom key. He watched Joe, the ninth grader, cross the street, and he sighed. He let out all the air in his lungs as he fell towards the pool and out of his childhood memory, falling, sweating, the air tickling his skin and making him cold, but he was falling so fast he didn't even feel himself shivering because of all the adrenaline flowing through him. He saw Katie Hammond standing in the crowd below, and she was gasping, as if she was witnessing a loved one plummet to their death. looking great for Robbie, are they? Thanks for continuing in this tumultuous journey through Robbie's past with us. You've been listening to Falling for Stories. If you want to hear more stories like this, follow us online at at Falling for Stories and visit us at fallingforstories.com where we post all of the words and sounds that you heard today. The Falling for Stories podcast is produced by Josh Ackerman and Jeremiah Ackerman. This episode was written by Josh Ackerman. Editing, engineering, and original score by Jeremiah Ackerman. Join us next time for another very different story.